We're back with the Patriot and the Preacher, and we're we're glad to have back a good friend of the show, Star Parker. She's the founder of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. Star, thanks for coming back on. Oh, you're welcome. It's good to be with you. Good to good to have you as always. Star, you know, a lot of the audience may not know your background. So just so that everybody understands, you've come a long way. Tell the audience who you were uh, and how you came to be the Star Parker we know and love, because your perspective is really important as to what's going on today. So share with us where you came from. Well, it's interesting that you would ask that, because uh, in the rioters, I saw a lot of myself, just anger, just resentment, just frustration. I don't know what it's about. I don't know why I am, but I'm just going to go out and do damage, not just to others, but to myself. Uh, and so when I came of age, if you will, at, at 12, 13, I was already involved in criminal activity and drug activity, and mm. later on it escalated to sexual activity that I ended up in and out of abortion clinic after clinic, and then... Oh, something deep inside said, this is really something wrong with this. I've got to stop killing my offspring. I didn't change my behaviors. I was pregnant again within a very short period of time, so I had a child and went on welfare. And I lived wow. like that for a number of years. And um, then one day I was looking to subsidize my welfare check, ventured off into a business in South Central L.A., and the people there confronted my life and told me it was um, unacceptable to God. And when they said, God, I got chills. I got out of there. They kept bothering me to go to their church. I did one day, and I heard the gospel. Mm. I heard that God was in Christ, that he was reconciling the world to himself, that he didn't count my sin against me, that he loved me. He died for me, and he wanted me to be free. And I thought, free? Wow. Okay. Uh, I then went to college, got a degree uh, in marketing and international business, and I started one. And it was the 1992 Los Angeles riots that destroyed my business. That's why I'm fascinated about this moment in time that um, uh, we are here yet again uh, because that is the moment that I began my journey into social reform and public policy. I knew that the answers that we had as a society uh, given to people that were in that type of frustration and anger and resentment uh, were the wrong answers, led us into a wrong place. And after $22 trillion being spent on the war on poverty, uh, look where we are. Um, and $900 billion a year, it's a quarter of the budget, and then all it did was bust up homes and made the matters worse. So I dedicated my life to that work, and so I'm here in Washington, D.C., where I run Urban Cure. Uh, we're the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. We promote market-based solutions to fight poverty, uh, and we, um, you know, we we're, we're about, our mission is fighting poverty and restoring dignity through messages of faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. We have three programs. We have a policy program uh, that we say if we change the law, we can change people's lives. We have a media program that includes blackcommunitynews.com, as well as I just launched my own uh, national um, uh, news talk show. It's a weekly uh, news talk show called Cure America with Star Parker. And then we have a clergy program where we have about a 1,000 center-right clergy that get a regular diet of information from us that the answers to poverty are freedom and personal responsibility, that they're not a welfare state. So that, in a nutshell, is Star Parker. Wow. So Star, as you know, we talked for a little bit before we started this interview, you're watching, you're watching this happen all over again. And what, what is your take on the anger, the frustration, especially the looting and the rioting, as you saw your own business get destroyed? It's happening across the country. 
And is, you know, as you're watching this, you said you saw some of yourself in, in a lot of those people. And is this, is this, this behavior, do you think this behavior is going to bring about any kind of change? Well, it depends on what we do. I don't know. I, I think the president was absolutely right to speak into it. Freedom is connected to law. Law is connected to truth, and truth is connected to eternal truths. Uh, and he had to first stop the arms war that had been declared against our country. They absolutely destroyed this nation's uh, capital. Uh, so that's uh, in and of itself reasons not to allow for the states to get any more stimulus money. Um, but it depends. I mean, if we buy into the narrative that this is about race, then we will end up in a few years right where we are because it's a lie. This is not about race. This is not about inequality. This is not about, uh, you know, systemic systemic racism, except the, the systemic racism that they have uh, in, put into all of our institutions through this perception of racism business, uh, and now we have to look through every, at everything through a lens of race and diversity and inclusion, but outside of that, no, this is not about race, this is about power. This yeah. is about elections. This is about a worldview exchange. We're in a cultural war. We've been in it for a long time. What we're seeing over this last week is an escalation of a, of a battle right mm. before an election uh, because what's at stake is the heart and soul of the country. Uh, if Joe Biden didn't say anything coherent, the one thing that he did get one full sentence out to say is that <laughs> this election is about the soul of America. And he's absolutely right. Yeah. We're either going to be biblical and free or we're going to be secular and status. They understand what's at stake. And I was saying last year that they were going to have a race riot this year. I didn't mm. know how or why, what was going to you know, ignite the flame, but I knew that they would do that because at the end of the day, that is the only place they have to go when evil uh, starts being pushed back. Uh, they tried everything, and nothing seems to work against our excellent president. And it... Um, uh, is the only place that liberals know where to go is to get a stimulation, to get a, a an emotional charge, to bring out resentment and 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 anger and frustration to the streets. I'm not going to say pain because it's not pain. It's anger, it's resentment, and it's frustration. And what we're witnessing are two-year-olds that were not disciplined. They were given candy at 12 when they smacked their own parents back they got a car and, and a computer and now they decided that they want to take on the police and and make them bend to their little uh, whims of, that they learned in our colleges all across the country that they have to have safe space we you need to act like us and we will not allow for you to be who you're supposed to be you know it's kind of like mark anthony it's kind of like a psychiatrist who gets too emotionally involved with his patient. He's not going to do them any good. Right. So if hopefully the police are not going to bow to this. We have 800,000 peace officers in this country. They deal with 2 million encounters a year. Yeah. A big organization like that, you're going to have bad apples, and in particular you have bad apples when unions are involved. Unions are involved in their negotiations. It's why it took two four days to arrest him. He had a two-day cooling down period in his union contract. All of this, we want community policing. Well, then go take on your Democrat unions because they're the ones that have written into many of these contracts that the police can't live in the community that they govern over. So we have a lot of things to talk about, but, you know, now's not the time to talk about them. It's like a marriage. Right in the middle of the fight is not when you try to settle the question that was on the table. You wait till everybody's cooled down. 
Yeah. And then you, you come to your senses. Yeah. Hey, Star, this is Pastor Todd Coconado. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, love your story. And, uh, you know, when I, was, when I was hearing your story, it kind of reminded me of the Apostle Paul because you had basically a Damascus Road encounter where you, you know, some, some similar to what happened to me where the Lord uh, changed my heart and really opened my eyes. And uh, I find it really interesting because, you know, there's an anointing to that and you can speak because you come from that place. You know, how do we, you know, sometimes I get frustrated as a, as a pastor. How do we awaken people that are caught up in this alternative reality that the left has really indoctrinated into the young people and, you know, MSNBC, CNN, they're reading Washington Post. This is their reality. Uh, what was it that, that opened your eyes? I know you said that, you know, they mentioned God and you had an encounter, but was there anything else that would help us to awaken people to, to change the, the dynamic of what's happening right now? No. <laughs> they pointed their finger in my face. They mm. looked me in my eye, and they said, your lifestyle is unacceptable. Yeah. And my sassy mouth said, unacceptable to who? They took a deep breath, and they said, God. Mm. What we're witnessing right now is moral chaos, and until preachers speak into that, mm. we're not going to get anywhere on any of the other questions. What we're That's witnessing right. is when you take religion out of a society, family collapses. Yes. Yeah. Because what the law says is these are the rules. Yes. Choose this day, good, evil, or before you, which one? And as a society and as a people, if we choose evil, I mean, we now have equal number, third, to those that say that they're evangelical and Protestant, we now have equal number that say we're nuns. And I'm not talking N-U-N-S. We're none. None of it. We don't buy none of it. We don't believe it. So if you have a society, and the founders knew this well, it's hard to self-govern if you don't know truth, if you don't have a basis to start with, a basic set of assumptions about how life works. Yeah. As a society, we are killing so many babies in the womb that we've stopped counting in many places. Yes. We're closed as a society, and abortion clinics get to stay open because they're essential. Right. As a society, we don't even know now what marriage is supposed to be because we have men married to men and women married to women, and we're all just supposed to pretend that we don't notice that this is not exactly accurate right. when you define marriage. So, yeah, kids are messed up. And, no, we're not going to get anywhere until somebody decides that they're going to tell the truth about this stuff, whatever the cost. That is huge. I am in full agreement with you. And uh, we had Alveda King on uh, the other day, and she felt that there's pockets of revival that are starting to happen in this nation in the midst of all these things. Do you see that out there, Star? Do you think we're going to see revival uh, come out of all this chaos? Before or after the Civil War? Oh, yeah. That's the question, isn't it? That's the question. Wow. Yeah. So, Star, do you really believe there's going to be a civil war? Is this the beginning of it right now? Well, it would have continued if the president didn't do what he needed to do, which is call up the forces and say, this is it. And then when he walked across Lafayette Park and, put, and, and to St. John's and held his Bible, these folks defaced the Lincoln Memorial, where Dr. King stood. Yeah. These folks defaced the World War II Memorial where we have the names of 450-plus thousand people. Well, actually, we have so many names that they don't have the names. What they do is they have a marker for every, I think it's a thousand. They defaced it. And then they went to St. John's Church, hmm. where presidents have sat after they've been inaugural. 
since 1816. Yeah, they declared war. Yeah. And this mayor here decided that she was going to let them wreak havoc and left curfew open until 11 o'clock at night. We're not even open as a, as a community. The nation's capital never moved into phase one. And then that occurred the next day. The president said, that's it, enough. And they can cry about the tear gas all they want to, and they wouldn't let us in. Oh, yeah, part, they, all you want to. Mm. It's like finally when dad got home. Mom right. let the kids run every which way, and dad came home, and he said, that's it. Done. So actually, today was pretty peaceful walking over. They, I, they defaced everything. I had to go to White House today. Boy, and I, they're putting up the fences even as we speak. Every store, every building in town that's privately owned is putting up wood so the insurance will uh, cover it. It's 100% war zone out here in Washington, D.C. And in the meantime... Clyde's, who everybody knows, they own Hamilton, they own Old Ebbett Grill, they own their own little Clyde's restaurants. They put up the wood, and then they put up signs on their own structures that say Black Lives Matter. Right. This is a war. So it depends. I don't know if we're going to – I hope that the kids got the message that we're not going to tolerate this from the president, but I don't know what they're going to do. If they think they're going to lose in November, they might – spark up again either that or if the you know covid is really is is contagious as they had us convinced that we all shut down the entire economy over the last two and a half months uh then there might they might get sick and not be able to show back up on the streets so we don't know i don't know but do i agree with alvita uh that there will be a revival oh yeah when it gets dark light shines in Man. after the, after in 1850s it got really dark. By the 60s, 1860, Abraham Lincoln had to say, we can't go on like this anymore. He looked in the Bible and it said, a house divided against itself can't stand. He read it and he said, guys, we can no longer be both. We've got to make a side. Yes. Right. We're going to be one or the other, no longer both. Then in 1950, we were like, whoa, we can't go on like this. In 1960, it was spoken into. And we ended mm -hmm. up with President Kennedy dead, Martin Luther King Jr. dead, Civil Rights Act signing law. And we ended up with Bobby Kennedy dead and every city blow up. So it depends. Yeah. But after both of those instances, we had a mini revival. Hmm. And then by 1973, we had Roe v. Wade as national law. Right. So it depends on what the church decides to do if we're going to have a revival. If they go and hide in the – I mean, come on, they're not even open right now. Yeah. <laughs> Government told them shut down. They said, yes, sir. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if God can use that. I don't know. He might make us wander in the wilderness until we have the faith of Joshua and Caleb. I don't know. That's a question mm. that is, is above my pay grade. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it does say a lot about our society, especially in the blue states where the abortion clinics stay open, but the churches have to remain shut down, doesn't it? They don't have to remain shut down. Pastors could have said, you've got to be kidding. People need mm. us more now. Had That's they true. been open, who knows? Maybe the kids, the pastors wouldn't have been out in the street. Energy has to be channeled. Mm. We know that from Physics 101, it's going to be creative or destructive. It's not going to be destroyed. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, Star. It's always good to have yeah. you on. Thanks for bringing your perspective on. We always, we always love your honesty and truth. God bless You're you. You're welcome. Thank you, Star. You. This is the Bye. Patriot and the Preacher. We'll be right back.